Hi, welcome to the show. I'm your host, Emily Green, otherwise known as Emily the Medium. This show is a space where I'll share my teachings around life after death, the soul, intuition, developing psychic abilities, and so much more. Together, we will expand our minds beyond what is widely accepted as truth and start to see the mind, body, and soul from a completely different perspective. This is a Soul Fire production. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the show. Happy July. At the time that you are listening to this, welcome to the month of July. What an incredible May and June. Oh my goodness. I don't know about you, but it was so, so incredibly transformative. I saw this meme the other day. It was like, don't talk to me like I'm the same person before the eclipses. And I couldn't relate more. Truly, truly, truly. It's absolutely incredible. All of the changes that have happened for me personally and that I'm seeing in my outer world in the last two months. Wow, 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 wow. So I hope you're starting to feel a little grounded and you're gearing up for your summer or your winter, wherever you are in the world, and you're going to make it exactly what it needs to be for you. And I'm really excited to introduce you to today's guest, who is a dear friend and client and just like muse of mine. To be honest, she really is so inspiring for me in the way that she moves through the world and the way that she lives and the way that she embodies her work and the way that she speaks is just so incredibly inspiring and I'm so blessed to get to know her and have access to her mind and everything else, which you'll get to hear in this episode. So it was really special getting to talk to, I don't even know if I said her name yet. Oh my gosh. That's like a true like names, faces, and places don't matter. It's about the energy. It's about the soul. My dear friend, Abigail Turner is on the podcast today for a conversation about, we covered so much ground in this conversation as we usually do on Emily, the medium, the podcast. (laughs) We go a lot of places, you know, I like to explore. I like to go deep. We talked about death and rebirth and really going through a death rebirth period in 2020. That was something that happened for her, which I know a lot of people have been having that experience over the last, you know, year and a half. And we talked about the new earth. We talked about funneling in these new earth frequencies. And surprise, surprise, there will actually be an ad that pops up at some point during the episode that will tell you a little bit about an event that I have coming up at the end of July to do with this new earth. So Just wait for that to pop in. I'm really excited about it, and I will be talking more about it on the podcast in the following weeks. We talk about the new earth. We talk about really being catalyzed by our children and as we are, you know, are called to mother and how these these beautiful souls are catalyzing things for us here. We talk about the power of creation. As I reflect in this episode that, you know, the creation is creating you, meaning that I really feel like ideas and concepts and businesses are like entities and energies in and of themselves, and that they really are choosing channels and vessels to bring these concepts, these ideas and these businesses through onto the planet. And it's a deeply humbling and most of the time shit your pants scary experience. So I feel that it's something that a lot of creatives and creators and creatresses can relate to. So I really enjoyed this conversation. We covered so much ground, as I said. I can't wait for you to meet Abigail. We talk about breath. We talk about embodiment, uh, the power of breath, relaxing around people when they're breathing deeply. It was an amazing conversation. I can't wait for you to hear it. And I hope you enjoy. I can't wait to hear your feedback. Enjoy this episode with my dear friend, Abigail Turner. Abigail, my love, I'm so happy mm. to have you and get to, to chat with you and just hear more about your story and have you have the chance to share your story with the listeners and not just your story, but I think you have such a deep, well, I don't think I know. I know you have such a depth of just wisdom that that is from your current experience in this lifetime, but also spans back through all of your previous incarnations doing all kinds of amazing things on this planet and in other planets, perhaps. But I'm just excited to have you on the podcast today. Thank you for being here. That was like the best all-time introduction I've ever experienced. (laughs) My heart is like tingly and fuzzy. So thank you so much. I'm so excited to be here with you. 
I was just telling you before we started recording, I can't wait to hear you speak. And every time I see you and we connect and we're, whether we're talking like this or I'm, I'm seeing what you're sharing online, I'm like, ah, oh, I just learned something. I really learned something from you mm. when I'm you share. And with that being said, I would love to have you open up and, you know, I already adore and love and know lots about you and your work, but I would love to have you open up and just share with the listeners about your journey and just how you came to this place and time and space that you are today doing the work yeah. that you're doing. So I'll turn it over to you. I can't wait to hear how you spin your tail today. Woo. Thank you. Figuring out how I got to where I am in time and space today is something that I'm still trying to feel through and figure out. But I would say the biggest piece of my journey started in 2018 after I had my son. I had this moment where I realized that um, I was just unhappy. I was unhappy with the life I was living. I was unhappy. Like I had so many clothes in my closet. That was my thing was like material things brought me my quote unquote happiness. I just knew I was either going to A, spend the rest of my life in this loop or B, I was going to start digging deeper and figure some things out. So the opportunity arose I found the first program, healing program, coaching program I ever did was training camp for the soul. I dove into that on my road trip out to Phoenix, Arizona, and that really brought to light. I met my inner child. I did some mother healing, some father healing, and ended up in Phoenix for two years and was unclear why I was in Phoenix. It was not, I was not planning to stay there, which is actually, it turns out it's a thing. Like I met so many young women in Phoenix while I was out there and they're like, I don't know why I'm here. I just know. Right? Yeah. Yeah. They're just like, I know I'm here. And it's something about the desert. She is so, she's death energy in the, in the life and death cycle. She's like, come here and I'm going to fuck you up and turn you, you know, flip you over backwards. I literally went to Phoenix to learn how to die, wow. right? Spiritually, emotionally, to learn how to die to my old ways and be reborn. The first minor transformation emotionally, spiritually I ever went through was out there. And once I, I once I made it through, I was like, I did it. <laughs> I did it. I'm done. It's, done. it's over. Like, just kidding. Round five, you know, which is such a beautiful thing. That is life, you know, growth and evolution. So 2020 came and I just remember in early 2020, there was a moment where I could see all of the paradigms, structures, social structures, ideologies, everything that I believed in and subscribed to from religion to the way the world works, to why we're here on earth, to God, to what it means to be human. All of it like was like, I got a visual of like structure shaking and shaking. And then I was aware that this is a moment in time where I can run to these structures and keep them up right? Keep the old world standing because it feels safe because it's all that I know, or I can let them crumble and, and disintegrate and, and rebuild. And this was all very much more of an emotional and spiritual and energetic reality that was happening in my reality. It, it manifested in my physical, I would say definitely a, a little bit more than a little and manifested in my physical, especially so <laughs> August, 2020, I ended up moving to the land for six weeks, got rid of everything and just heard the call and moved to the land and thought I was going to transition into van life. It was the happiest I have ever been thus far. And it's something so beautiful and powerful about when you're waking up and the first thing every morning is your bare feet get on the earth and you start noticing and sinking in rhythm with the earth automatically. The trees were my church. It was like a cathedral. I felt that type of energy and you start realizing that you are nature and um, it sounds so cliche, but it's so true. And you start realizing that, you know, I used to think everybody who said, you know, the rocks breathe, the rivers breathe. I was like, okay, you know, <laughs> but then once, you know, a regulated nervous system and homeostasis functioning at the same, you know, rhythm and level as mother earth, you can actually feel the river breathe, the rocks breathe. Right. You have, you can't do that when we're in this rat race that we live in, 
because there's so many things grabbing at your attention, keeping you away from connecting to your center. And I realized that that's really what happened out there when I was living off the land for six weeks was um, a very deep, deep deconditioning and a return to who I am, like figuring out, feeling what my energy is and what I love. And that is where the ancient feminine came through. She's definitely a creation all her own. And I'm still learning about her and learning about the mission and how she will manifest in the physical realm. But the intention with the ancient feminine is to provide a space for a woman to connect with and tap into their unique soul blueprint, like their energy, their wild woman. Sometimes we think the wild woman needs to look a certain way, right? She needs to have, you know, barely no clothes, a couple tattoos, wild hair and beat on a drum. And really just the wild woman is like the rhythm of your heart, the rhythm of your being like, and, and what is that? And how can you express that in the world? Cause that's, that's your wild. That's what I, I want for every woman. I want every woman to feel herself deeply like feel her body feel her heart be enough for herself and experiencing that happened for me out deeply when I was living on the land just even to hear you talk about it is like I feel like I'm transported to another time and another place and like it's just it's it's so yeah I love the way you speak about everything you're speaking about because I think that it's it's obviously so clear to me that it's like this is your work you know that this is like this is mm-hmm. what you came to this is how you came to serve planet earth you know and this and not just planet earth but this new planet earth that we're building and I think that you know in this department that you're describing the remembrance and the embodiment that you're describing is so like, I don't even know the words to describe it. I want to say crucial, but, but it's just, it's so paramount. It feels me like this is so important. You know, I think it's, it's just so, it's so obvious. Oh, wow. This is her work. Like, this is so, this is so beautiful and so exciting. So I love the way you described everything that was so, so perfect. And I want to talk more about the ancient feminine, but Mm -hmm. I want you to take me back to, because a lot of people are having this experience. I want to talk about your experience just in, in 2020, and we can get, you know, nitty gritty if mm-hmm. you want to, because, you know, I think that it was to say that it was a massive wake up call is, is putting it lightly. I think yeah. that there, there was exactly like you said, there was the crumbling towers and not just one, many, mm-hmm. all of them almost. And so I think it's been very interesting to see how exactly, like you said, different people are responding to that. Yeah. And like, so just like for you and your personal experience, can you expand on like what that was like for you or what was your experience like? And how did you find yourself, I guess, supporting other people through that or kind of mm. like serving this transition, serving this, this crumbling because it's, I mean, and it's still happening, but yeah. What was your experience like with that? Yeah. I very much felt in 2020, like is like, so when all of these structures and beliefs crumble, your identity is going with it. Right. So there's this huge identity crisis of who am I and who am I going to be on the other side of this? And is there someone on the other side of this? You know, so I did not do much supporting of human beings in 2020. It was very much, I was deep in my own process of just getting, it just felt like an ass whooping over and over in a most beautiful way. Thankfully I was supported. I was working with one of my um, teachers that I love so dearly, Courtney McNam. And it was a space where my old identity was, was, I was being asked to, to die to my old identity at the same time, going through this deep, deep feminine awakening which is the first time I connected to body to, to really to intuition. And it honestly, Emily feels like, like I have to deliberately go back to that time and feel into it and think into it because it felt like I was not existing in this reality, in this timeline, right? There, there was days of where I was fasting. I just knew my body needed a break from digestion and Now I love turning around and I feel like I have my two feet on the ground enough. I know how to balance and center myself where now I feel I can be of service to humans who are continuing to go through this shedding process. That feels scary. It feels super, super scary. And it's funny because in this space of the ancient feminine, I love to hold women in it. And I love to be the container where they can die to their old ways and welcome in new ones and play with identity and play with expression. And and what do I actually love? What do I like? Who am I? But that doesn't mean that 
I don't ever feel the same scariness or fear around, fuck, I'm going through another death right now. You know, like I'm not, I'm not exempt from it. It's just very beautiful to be able to turn around and be able to offer that to women at the same time. I don't know if I just answered your question. (laughs) Wholeheartedly. No, I think it's such a, I love so much about what you just said, because I think a lot of people found themselves in a very similar space that you were in maybe a different expression in 2020. And I think like for a lot of us, it was kind of just like exactly kind of, you know, getting our asses whooped and over and over and over. And it was very interesting just from my perspective of like getting my ass whooped a bunch of times. And then like still like bleary eyed, you know, still being like, hello, like I'm here, right. you know, I'm here to support yeah. you. It, it, it's so, I just was like, this is just, you know, what has to be done. I still have yeah. to. And so by the end of 2020, I was just like, absolutely completely burnt out because mm. it was so much, you know, yeah. it, was, it was really a lot. And I think that the, there's this, these different sort of waves of awakening happening for people on, on different phases and different timings on this planet. And it's like, like there's a lot of people, I think, you know, in the last, especially in like May, June, 2021, there's been a huge wave of people yes. having experiences and it's like, yeah. I feel for, you know, it's like, mm-hmm. it's, it's like, it can get yeah. very deep and intense and yeah. definitely like, you know, a huge death phase. And so the next place I want to take it from there is I think one thing you do really well is just I observe you moving through the world is like embracing the death. You know, I feel mm-hmm. like a, a lot of people fight the death thing and they mm-hmm. like claw, like hang on tooth and nail to the old mm-hmm. kind of like or even just like little pieces of the old identity or the old paradigm or what or whatever so tell us everything about how you got so good <laughs> embracing, the de- embracing the death and like yeah almost like if there's anything you want to offer the listeners of how they can kind of support themselves if they're in that sort of dark you know whatever you want to call it dark night of the soul or the death yeah, yeah. thank you for that acknowledgement. And I think it's so funny that that you see it that way. So yeah, the death phase, I really do like my, the deepest part of my heart. Like I love it. Like I get off on it, right? Like I love knowing we're dying to this. And it's like, you get to turn the pain into pleasure. That's where it becomes fun, erotic, and you're growing and you're really tapping into your power in that place. So I have learned that you will go through the death phase. You can walk there willingly and with an open heart and shaky, shaky limbs and be terrified. And you can still walk there and you can choose it. Or life is going to just like come in at one point and just grab you and drag you through the mud and say, now you're, you're going through it, you know, because it's time I asked you, (laughs) you say, you put it off, you put it off. off. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, one friend told me one time, she said, life has a tendency, we'll come in and, and whisper it to you, like what the next step is or what you need to do or what's coming and like a feather on the cheek. And so it's a feather on cheek. So we'll ignore it. We'll ignore the hint. And then you'll get the brick. Like she'll throw, life will throw brick at you. Like, Hey, come on. And then if you ignore the brick, it's like, okay, the Mack truck's coming, you know, full body wipeout going to take you down to the death phase. So it has been through the resistance of the death phase and feeling that muggy ickiness of, okay, this, this is like 10 times worse when I don't choose it. than when I feel the power of standing in my body and really letting the death phase in learning that this is safe to not feel okay. Like it's safe to not be okay. And I still get nervous saying that there's still a part of me that subscribes to no, 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 feel good. Everything's okay. Like light, you know, you know, all that stuff, but the deeper, deeper down, you know, um, in my being, it is so okay to not be okay. And in this death phase, the best thing to do is to honor that, honor that, like let the sensations in your body move through your body, roll around in them, be in them. That's what I have found is only when we're doing that, when we can be in the energy and like, even just the other morning, I woke up with this just mugginess. Like I'm back on the East coast and like, even my emotions and my energy feels muggy. And, you know, it was like this density in my chest. And there was a part of me that was like, you know, what's wrong with you? Why are you waking up like this? You know, it's not okay. You should be happy. You should feel good. 
you know, and that's a part of society that's always like everything is okay all the time and you need to be happy or something's wrong, you know, where it's more of for me diving into that mugginess in my chest and being with it and feeling it like really, really, I learned how to feel in 2020, not talk about feelings, but feel feelings as sensations in my body and, and giving it movement. And as I move, what happens is it breaks up this mugginess and that's the the, the turning point where it's like the mugginess turns into fresh air all around my body, you know? And sometimes I get to that point and then sometimes I don't. Sometimes the mugginess stays around and just knowing like, hey, you know, I love you anyway. I love you. You're good. It's okay. That's perfect. And that sounds like it's like, just as, and I find this is true in my experience too, is like, you know, everybody has different practices, but like, it sounds to me and just how I, how I see you, correct me if I'm wrong, but you use movement and breath and awareness and like compassion for whatever the, whatever the thing is that's happening in the system as a way to, you know, either, yeah, move it or just like be with it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. hundred percent, hundred percent breath and, and movement. And so you asked earlier, what is one thing that you would offer to people who are in this death phase? And if nothing else is available to you, breath work, breathing, YouTube has it. You can turn on 10 minutes of soft belly breathing every morning. That is the entry point to like breath is entry point to everything. Breath is entry point to evolution. That is, and that's what I come back to. Like when sometimes when I can't fathom meditating or moving or anything, breathe, breathe. And that's it. That's enough. That's it. Breath is love, right? That's, that's like how we know we take our first breath and we take our last breath. Yes. And then we take all the breaths in between and like, Mm. and in my um, yogic teaching and training, like basically the whole thing there is, is like, nobody is breathing. Like nobody's breathing anywhere near enough how we're not breathing yeah breathing yeah and it's basically there was like if we came into bodies with like where we had to automate our own breath meaning like it wouldn't be automatic Uh, we would never be alive because (laughs) because you know like it's just it's not the breath had to be automatic Mm. and even take it a step beyond just the automation of the breath Mm. like the automation of the breath like just how you're normally breathing like that's baseline like you gotta take up in order yeah. to like move energy and feel life force and feel inspired. Like we got to like, you know, yeah. so yeah. that's one of our things together. Like when we get on calls, we're like, should we breathe? Yeah, yes. Let's, <laughs> do <it. laughs> you know? let's do all the, <laughs> and then breathe. <laughs> and, that, and, and I think that like, that is so underestimated mm. and how powerful, just like some really good conscious breaths, even like when you're getting on the same page as someone and breathing together, um, like movement, like actually like releasing the body, you know, however, I think it's like, these are some of the most powerful, effective tools and practices that we can use to like, you know, just be alive on the dimensional plane right now. I think it's so, it's so, I love that so much about your work and how much you incorporate it in. And you're right. It's very accessible. You know, it's like the most available, the most available tool. Yeah. Available. Exactly. Yeah. Amazing. I love that. And I hope you bring that up so that we could talk about it. Yeah. <laughs> we can talk yeah. about it. Well, and a, a lot of people, it's one of the most beautiful things I love seeing lately, Emily, is everybody diving into their inner work. Like it's, yeah, it's beautiful. And a lot of people have been, you know, reaching out and asking, like, how do I start? Do you have any books? Do you have any like, suggestions, podcasts? And the first thing I offer to anybody is just breathe, become intentional in your breathing. And it's funny how some, like we think, no, that's, that's not enough. Like give me some mantras or something like, no, no, no. Breathe. Yeah. Breathing is going to shift your life. Intentional breathing from going from chest to getting your breath down into your belly, where your sacral and root are, where you're grounded, your safety, your pleasure, your creative energy lives. Like if breath isn't touching there. Exactly. Yeah. You know, something I've been thinking about a lot too, I'm curious your take on this is observe like, you know, sometimes I watch reality TV just for fun to observe everybody. Um, <laughs> you really? Yeah, kind of, oh, interesting. They're like this. You like observe them? Like, yes. wow. Yes. So most recently I was watching That's the amazing. The Bachelorette, you know. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So my intention for like watching the episode was to see like, are they breathing? You know, in ah, and you can tell Whoa. people who are like tight 
and they're not breathing and they're, you know, tense and they're nervous. And it's like, it's so their whole energy is like locked up because there's, no yeah. especially the men, but then the, you know, it's interesting to see the, the women and in different kind of experiences, like what it looks like when they're not breathing. Mm. And so I think it's very interesting to look at it in like the masculine feminine, like kind of in yeah. the relationship space that like, for me, I feel so much more relaxed when I'm around a person who is deeply connected to their breath and they, yes. they take deep breaths often. Like then mm. that's like, Oh, yeah. Right. Yeah. You know, it's like, there's yeah. a, there's a, there's almost this nervous system regulation that happens 100%. when there's a group of people who are coming together and breathing, or even, even just in a one-on-one interaction and there's breath, you know, it really mm-hmm. just energizes the whole dynamic. What do you think about that? Oh, a hundred percent, hundred and hundred percent. You yeah. can feel after you start, you, you learn how to regulate your nervous system with breath. You can really feel and tune into where people are breathing and, and you can feel the rush when they're not breathing. Like there's this, there's this rush rather around when you're with surrounded by people who are deep belly breathing. And it's like, there's just this presence, right? Like there's true, true presence. If you want to be present, you have to be deeply belly breathing through all of your chakras. I was just going to say, it just creates so much more of a beautiful, mutually receptive environment, whatever the environment is, you know, whatever the environment is, I think. Yeah more breath in the room, the more breath in the circle, the more breath on the call, you know? Yeah. Yeah. 100%. Oh, well, I love that. I love that. I think it's such a beautiful offering and you know, you and I are going to keep breathing together for <laughs> till the end of time. <laughs> um, so, okay. So where I want to, where I want to come back to next, I'm like cataloging all the things I wanted to talk to you about, but I really want to hear about um, so I know the ancient feminine is she's just found you and she's working yes. her way through you and working her way through your world. But I would love to hear just maybe the foundations of the ancient feminine, because I am so interested by this. And like, even just in my experience, what I've done is looked back throughout, you know, centuries and hundreds of thousands of years at different civilizations and matriarchal societies and patriarchal mm. societies and like all of these switches and yeah. like where we're at today in yeah. our end of June, 2021 and sort of like what, like most people's relationship to the feminine, whether they are, you know, male or female identifying, it doesn't matter. But like, right. I would just love to hear more about your experience with like, what is the ancient feminine? And yeah, so take it away. What is the ancient feminine? So I think it's important to acknowledge that the ancient feminine is just like the wild woman, not a stereotype. It's an expression and to me, an existence and a remembering for woman is really what it is. A returning home to the womb space and the body and intuition and trusting, like there are these beautiful gifts within feminine identifying beings that we have this natural tendency to the feminine energy. However, we're living in a society that stifles it and there's no room for it. And so in this space, in this program, it's a space for women to reprogram their nervous system to reunite with their womb, to clear out their channel and really have a beautiful connection, trusting and connection with intuition. It's not about bringing the matriarchy back. And this isn't about lifting women above men. Men, I've often thought about this. I would love, maybe this is in my future, but a healing space for men with the ancient feminine, like with their feminine energy, right? We need that just as much as as the woman. I do believe women are feminine identifying beings are going to be the leaders, very much the leaders of this Aquarian age because they have the natural tendency to identify with the feminine energy and the healing of the feminine energy is, is really what is, what is on the rise. This is actually about bringing balance back. And what I learned is initially my sole focus was on healing my feminine energy. But if you're not putting time and intention into healing your masculine, you'll only get so far in healing the feminine. 
It'll be like your wounded masculine energy will come in and rope her around the neck and leash her back in. So it really is, you can't heal one without the other. So the ancient feminine is the woman who is tuned into her body, connected to her womb space, and who can feel and trust her intuition as I used to live by, well, that makes the most sense. Like, right. And that was what I did. And then I connected with my intuition and built such a deep level of trust with what I was receiving that it's like, well, you know, I live by, you know, this is what my intuition is saying. This is what the energy is. And then logic, I will use logic. Logic comes next. So how can I then make this happen? Like I use logic to back it up, to support it, to how can we get this into the world or how can I, what's the next step? And that's Honestly, it's a feels a very for the Western woman feels like a very scary space to operate from because there's nothing really tangible when you're choosing to live by your intuition. There's nothing tangible about it. But once I hit that space of building trust bit by bit, piece by piece, that I mean, it was my intuition that told me it's time time to go live on the land. And I was able to say, I hear you. Okay, it is time. And I'll go. I, if I that had come in like even two months earlier than August, I'd have been like, you kidding? Like what? No, not going to happen. Not doing that. But, um, it's just, I had exercised that muscle and that's what I want for a woman. I want woman to be like, this lights me up and this is what I want. And this is what my heart's saying. And I have the tools to, to carry it through. I have this tools to, I'm hearing it and I have tools to carry it out. I follow through. You know, so just good. so that is the the ancient woman in a very round <laughs> Perfect. Yeah. And so much about I mean that it was so cool. You were just like you channeled that. I was like, you were just like in when you were talking about that. It's so amazing to watch like reverence that you were mm, like you. I have to really put like I can't talk about it and talk about it. Like I had to breathe. I had to connect. Like I'm still learning her. She's still like stripping me down bare and like, yeah. So I really appreciate, I really appreciate that acknowledgement because she, I'm still very much of service and, and still learning myself, you know, that's so fucking amazing though, because I think it's such an imperfect illustration of what a lot of people don't understand about creation. Is that mm. the creation is creating you like it, it, it's creating you yes <laughs> it's a living breathing organism yes and so yes you're talking about it like hold on how do you want me to speak about you yes yeah and that's <laughs> creation that's creation yeah. that's anytime I have to speak about anything that is that I'm being asked to create I'm mm. Yeah. How would you like me to speak about this? Yeah. How would, you, how would we like you like me to communicate this to people? What are the yeah. ethos of this? Yes. You know, and I yeah. think that's such a, it's such a beautiful experience when you get to experience this, just your experience with the ancient feminine. And what I find people are that more and more people are having experiences of this about basically like these creations, these entities, these energies are finding people. Mm. And, you know, they're coming to people and saying, hello, I choose you basically. And I come through you. And yeah. Through yeah. You. And, and I think it's just like under, having an understanding of the fact that that's happening and even having yeah. consciousness of it really allows you to give, I mean, all of your devotion and your, you know, your learning process mm-hmm. of whatever the thing is and really doing it justice, the energy of the, mm-hmm. whatever the thing is. So I love how you spoke about that. And it's something yeah. I'm, I'm, I've always been really excited about. And I love when people are like, I don't know, this creation found me and I don't know why, but you know, I feel like I have to do it. And it's like, yeah, the thing creation is creating you, you know? Mm, So so I love that the ancient feminine is coming through you in this way. It's so powerful. And the other thing I love so much about what you said, I think this is so important and I want to put an exclamation point on it is how you described your process of really listening to your intuition, but then also having the logic to back it up. Yes. Oh, it's so good because I think that it's, you know, sometimes people have these like these intuitive kind of experiences, whatever they may be, and then, you know, don't apply the logic to mm. apply the original thing. And then it just, mm. you know, evaporates or it gets right. Or it gets lost in our, you know, whatever. So I think it's like, okay, so I had this thing and this is, you know, where I'm, I'm being called to go to the land and yeah. 
how am I going to, how am I going to make this happen? Yeah. And well, what I used to do is it used to be like, I would have these, and it's funny like when I connected to my intuition and I started really hearing her, um, I realized, oh my gosh, I've been hearing you all my life. I just didn't like know how to carry through or follow through or what was going on. And then, so what I used to do is I would receive the information and then logic would come in and tell me why I can't do it or why it's not safe. Right. Like, uh, no, we're not going to do that. That doesn't make sense. Where then it's like, you get to reframe it and be like, the logic comes in and be like, okay, how are we going to do this? Like how, what's the next step? Like you call your masculine, what are the next steps to executing and penetrating the world with this? You know, do you feel that way with your empire that you're building that it's very much a, a creation and a massive surrender to something greater than you? hundred percent, 1000 percent wholeheartedly. Yes. And I think it's such an important, like, I just love so much that you're bringing this up because I think it's something that's actually misunderstood about intuition. Yes. It's like, yeah. Oh, I just get it. And then, you know, it'll just happen. But it's right. like, no, 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 no. That's the beautiful part is then, mm-hmm. you know, you get it and you receive it. And it's like, Oh, that feels good. Yeah. Or, <laughs> or, you know, I'm confused by it or okay. Okay. But it's here. It's here. So, okay. Right. And then it's like, you know, I think sometimes it's like, okay, so I'll just, you know, hang around and like yeah. the van to show up and, yeah. and you know, like, all, <laughs> you know, every, all of the, the resources will be here, but then it's like, oh, but actually it requires your presence. Mm-hmm. It, this, mm-hmm. this thing requires your attention. It requires your participation. It requires your, you know, devotion to creating it or, or, yeah. or manifesting it, you know, and, and yeah. So, I think it's absolutely that's been my experience, and I think it's it's it's, it's a really a dance as everything. It's a mm-hmm. dance, you know. Yeah. And that's why I love also what you said. Just coming back to what you said about it's not you know just about matriarchal, just about patriarchal. It's about we're, we're mm-hmm. having this, this balance of both. Mm-hmm. Which I think is what's been missing. Like why why is it just this or that or black and right. white? Right. Know? Yeah. Over that, however long of a period of time, yeah, we can we can have both, and we yeah. can we can coexist in these mm-hmm. in these energies. And I think that that's really like this was my next question, so this is a great lead in. But that's like really in my experience, what one of the foundational pieces of like what this kind of new earth is that we're building right now. Yeah that's, I think a big part of it. So yeah, I wanted to hear your, you hear this a lot, like this new earth, new earth. New yes. Earth. And know? I love that you're going to ask this question. Yeah. Oh, I'm excited to talk about it and I haven't actually talked about this with anyone on the podcast yet. So you hear it a lot and mm. I have how I kind of relate to what that means, but I'm curious to hear just yeah. like, what was your relationship to this new earth and, oh. and mm. tell me everything. Yeah. I love that you asked this because I'm in this new space with this quote unquote talked about new earth, right? When I first started on my spiritual journey and opening and healing, I was like, new earth. It sounds amazing. Everybody's in love. You know, you talk about it, you talk about it, you talk about it. And now I'm in this space where it's like, what does that look like? And how are we funneling, actively funneling that in? Like, what does it actually look like? Not just something we're talking about and how can I serve and how are we using our gifts to, you know, bring about the new earth into this third dimension. Right. And I want to acknowledge that everybody has different roles in the birthing of this new earth. Some people do just have a role of meditating and holding the energetic grid, but a lot of people are, do have a role of actually action here on earth, like feet on the ground, bringing it in. And I've been sitting with, what does that mean? What does that look like? And, and I came across this Instagram post from Aaron Rose, phenomenal human being. And Aaron said, you want to know who's funneling in the new earth. He said, look at sustainable farmers who are regenerating the land. That is the first step to new earth, right? Land regeneration, honoring mother earth, growing with her. Look at underground railroad who is infiltrating the pedophiling rings, who is creating safety and rehabbing and getting children out. And like, look at all these, the building blocks, the starting Those are just two examples of people who are taking direct action here in third dimension to funnel in the new earth. And that's something that actually is matters to me now. It's like, I don't want to just talk about it. I don't want to just meditate on it. How, and like, and I think that's the way of the ancient femme is going is, is really letting it be applicable. Like 
that's, that's the space I'm in with it now, realizing that's where we are right now. We're learning how to funnel this in. And I honestly don't know, Emily, that I have the mental capacity to understand really what new earth is going to feel and look and be like, because I think we aren't able to, at least I am not able to truly fully and know and tap into that. Like maybe I can feel into it 5%, but I think it's something that's going to, it's going to be heaven, right? It's going to be heaven on earth. There's so much unexplored and unknown yet as far as to me anyways, what does that feel like? What does that, what does that look like? But that's what I know right now. That's amazing. I got goosebumps when you were talking about the the sustainable farmers and the people who are underground railroad who are working with the child trafficking rings and all this kind of stuff and sex trafficking and because I think it's, it's the other thing is like these people these people probably have no fucking idea what New Earth means but they're doing How it anyway. Amazing is that? How amazing is that? They're I doing know. It anyway. You know, and that's yeah. why it's so cool. Like, and I love how yeah. you're talking about the application of this and our role in this and and really kind of maybe even having an understanding of what our role in this is is what helps mm-hmm. with the application you know yeah yes yes because it's like you don't have to necessarily like something you can you know like these beautiful people who you're speaking of and these people who are funneling it in like ex- again like they probably have no idea that this is what they're doing but they are they're yeah they're, they're actively they're actively creating this and so I think it's like you know I've sat with it a lot of just like what's my what's my role and I think it you know I change it changes and I have different experiences mm. every day but I think that I agree with you in that I don't think it's anything I could even like try and encapsulate or quantify, you know, it's just, it's, it's more of a, like to me, I think it'll start to take form in these next Mm -hmm. few years and we'll be Mm -hmm. kind of actually like define, maybe, maybe not define, but we'll be able to kind of capture, you know, the new earth and what it's going to look like and like what it feels like to live on it and all this kind of stuff. I think there is still, what I'm noticing is there's still a lot of like crumbling But then at the same time, there's this building and my favorite teachers talks about how, you know, it's not that everything has to be completely like crumbled before we can start rebuilding. Mm. It's happening simultaneously. Both happen. Yeah, exactly. You know, there's the crumbling, but then there's also the building and we're building kind of on top of everything else. And so I just think it's exciting to see all of the different ways, just as I observe the world that it's happening. And again, like you said, it's happening in ways that some people don't even know that it's happening. But one other thing I wanted to say is I was talking to a friend of mine yesterday and and she was talking about how there's these different, like basically archetypes. And, and I was thinking about like, I was like, oh, well, this is, this is related to the kind of the the new earth sort of building and funneling as, as you said. And, you know, she was talking about how there are midwives and the people who are here Mm. to coach other people through it and be like, okay, come on, honey, let's go. We've got this. Push. Let's get push. Exactly. And then there are, you know, the shamans who are here to kind of assist the mm. death rebirth. And then there are the warriors who are on the horses with yeah. the swords, you know, and there's yeah. all these different mm-hmm. roles. Yeah. And exactly like you said, and then there's the people who are meditating and holding the, the energetic kind of grid and structure and all this stuff. And I think it's like, you know, just having an understanding of the fact that whatever it is that you're doing is important mm. and we need you. Yeah. And I, and I really do feel like a, one of the foundations, and this is why I'm so passionate about, you know, like the psychic, psychic stuff is mm. I really think that it's like having an understanding of your intuition and then the law, the intuitive mm. logic, and then kind of the, the psychic senses and the telepathic communication, like all of this, I think is reclaiming that and mm-hmm. an understanding of that again. So mm. I'm excited about that. And I'm, yeah. I'm seeing it. I really yeah. am. I'm seeing it in these, like in these children, especially like, I mean, they're just, I told you about this last week when we yeah. talked about my little niece, she's 15 months old and she'll like, she does this thing where she looks up to her third eye and her mom will say, okay, send her like a message through your third eye. And she, she knows she goes do, and then she pings a thing onto my third eye and she tells no. me it's amazing. That's I'm, so cool. It's so cool. And this that is, is like, beautiful. And it's so clear and there's no, yeah. stuff, and there's no, you know, like misunderstanding. I just, yeah. Oh, it's, that's what she wants to say. Oh my gosh. Is that what telepathic communication feels like? Like, is it through your third eye? Yeah, for me it is. Yeah. Okay. It, like, it's like, it's like a, pa- a little like energetic package that just yeah. hits me on the forehead and then yeah. assimilates. That is so beautiful. And yeah. she understands at 15 months old, like she knows that you're getting it. She knows what she, to say to you. That's so cool. It's so amazing. Yeah. And she, and she even knows, like she knows, oh, okay, I got to send something out and she'll go. Oh my gosh. So cool. Yeah. It's so cool. 
just interrupting this episode to tell you about the healing event that I am co-hosting on Saturday, July 24th at 6 p.m. Eastern Time called New Earth Alchemy. I'm so excited to tell you about this event. I'm doing a lot more group events lately, and I'm doing more collaborations again, more healing work, as I've talked about previously in the podcast, and doing this event with my dear friend Ariel Corey on July 24th underneath the Aquarius full moon felt so right. So we are really holding this event for people who are interested in group energy healing to transmute and work with and alchemize and integrate all of the energies that are coming onto the planet right now. This is especially for people who are noticing themselves experiencing the ascension of planet Earth and this new Earth that we're building and are looking for ways to support their bodies, their minds, their souls, so they can continue to experience new levels of their psychic abilities, their consciousness, and they can really integrate and ground into how they are here to serve this new Earth and how they're here to funnel these new Earth frequencies in and on to this planet. So it's going to be an incredible evening of healing frequencies, of trans-channeling, of channeled messages, and I hope to see you there on Saturday, July 24th, 6 p.m. Eastern. The link is in the show notes. Grab your ticket while you can. So I think that this is like, I'm, I'm seeing that, you know, I'm yeah. seeing these, ch- yeah. these children, which actually leads me to my last question is um, around your beautiful little boy. And I know <laughs> you, you mentioned that, you know, he was, well, bringing it full circle here, literally, you yeah. mentioned that when he was born in 2018, right? In 2018, mm-hmm. That he feels like his energy coming into your world was, there was a catalyst kind of Ooh. Yeah. So yeah. can you talk about that and just like what yeah. your soul connection because it's so beautiful and yeah. just like how he catalyzed your your world yeah. and your, and your yeah. awakening really? Yeah. Oh my goodness. Hudson Hayes. I think it was the realization that I had the responsibility of another human that I was like, I don't even have, you know, my shit together, which I don't think we ever actually have our shit together, but I was like, I, I don't know how to do this. I don't know how to raise another human. I don't even know who I am. I don't, I don't, I'm unhappy. I just don't know. And so it was the desire to, to be more for him, to be able to understand him, to be able to, um, and it really was just, my soul was just like pulling and like, and couldn't see, acknowledge that at the time, but my soul was just pulling me like, it's time, like it's time, it's time to connect back to yourself. And it's time to, um, you know, this, this human, this, soul chose you and needs you to show up consciously and be an intentional parent. That's something that I wanted to say about the new earth too, is it's really easy, especially in, in, in the linear society that we live in that values career success. It's really easy to think being a parent isn't enough. And that's something that I still visits me is that if my, and purpose is a whole nother, a whole nother angle, but, and I believe purpose is so multifaceted, but a huge, huge part of why I'm here I've learned is, is to be mother is to mother the next generation. And that was something that was never enough. I needed to do something. I needed a successful business. I needed an empire, you know? So he was the driving factor that, you know, made me ask why. And I know, and I had always known there was more and it was like, okay, now it's time to dig into that knowing of that there's more because there's a reason behind it now. It's not just, it's not just me. And, and I was scared. I was scared to raise another human. When you, I will say it's easier to raise another human when you have a connection to your inner child, when you understand emotions, when you, it's 10 times easier seeing Hudson as an individual and, and being able to hold space for his emotions. Like everybody, you know, there's a, the slogan, the terrible twos. And really what I felt was happening in two is like, he was going through this massive identity crisis. He was learning out I'm Hudson. I'm not like, I have an eye, I have an ego, I have an identity and, and I have emotions and what the fuck am I supposed to do with them? And why, like, you know, so it was like the terrible twos. I feel they were not terrible. I actually, they were beautiful. And I, there's a lot of emotional healing for me in it too, because I was at a space where I could honor his individuality and, and honor like what he was going through. Yeah. I went off on a tangent there, but 
mothering really truly is my focus has shifted to it, it switches in seasons as I've learned is normal where like the ancient femme gets a lot of energy and then mothering gets a lot of energy you know right now I'm in a space where mothering is very much just nourishing my soul and nourishing Hudson's and yeah yeah I love how you said that. I think that that's such a beautiful reflection around the terrible twos. It's like, you know, because that's, yeah, that's just like, that's like a thing that's just thrown around. Like, oh, my it is. Toddler. Yeah. we like blow and blow them off a lot. Yeah. hundred percent. Yeah. Oh, this is rough. You know? So I think it's like, and I think it's, it's like the other thing I will say about that too, is anybody who's listening, it's like, I think the tendency anytime it's like, oh shit, I've said that is to default into like shame, 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 shame. Right. It's like, no, no, no. That's no. It's just recognizing. Oh, wow. I've just never thought of it like that. Or I never right. had, I didn't have the resources to understand that perhaps absolutely not, you know? Yeah. So I think yeah. that's absolutely amazing points. Like these, some of these, even just these like phrases and things that we throw around that are, you know, crusty and label. And, yeah. Yeah. The mm-hmm. labels that are crusty yeah. and they're, and they're, you know, ways of like demonizing the process of yeah. For these little kids and I think yeah. it's so important especially you know these souls who are who have been coming on and are continuing to come on the yeah. it's like you know these are beautiful things to think about so yeah no and I love the other thing the other thing I wanted to touch on that you said too which I think is so important and I want to put an exclamation point on that is like you made such a good point about how there's these things in our world and our society that are considered you know this is successful if you do it like this or if you you know have a purpose that has to do with this and you build the big thing and you do right. that, you know, but it's like, why is one thing less mm. important than others? Like, yeah. you know, we, you we are, need all of it. Mm. All of it. Yeah. Mm. Mother, you know, we, where would we be without them? We wouldn't. Be yeah. Yeah. Them. So I love that. And I love how you've like really accepted the seasons of it. And it's like, <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. That was the biggest surrender piece. Oh, that was so good. It was so amazing to mm. talk with you. I feel so like, ins- I feel really excited and inspired after this conversation. Mm. It was so amazing to share wisdom with you and hear about the beautiful creation that found you and is going to be yeah. working its way through you and onto this. Yeah. And I can't yeah. wait to hear more about that. It's exciting. Mm. And the world too. So speaking of that, can you give a little plug to yourself around where people can connect with you and learn more about your work? And I know you have, spoiler alert, you have a podcast that's going to be coming out. I'm putting it on the record. Um, <laughs> um, I, we just interviewed for your podcast last yeah. week. And so um, can you talk about where everyone can connect with you? And I'll have everything linked in the show notes. Mm. Mm, the best space is just Instagram. Abigail at Abigail Rose Turner. You'll find me there. But thank you, Emily. And whenever I, and I say this to you, I've said this before, whenever I talk to you, it's like everything opens up, like my energy opens up and it's like, there's just, it's like feeling possibility. And then the way you hold the space, it's very calming and very reassuring and allows me to belly breathe as talking into a recorded mic is new and nerve wracking. So thank you so much. And I love you dearly and I look forward to any and all co-creations and conversations we have. Yeah. In this lifetime. Me too. Many and here to many more. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right, my love. So good to chat with you. Have a beautiful mm-hmm. rest of your day. I love you. Thank you. Bye.